You're listening to the Rayform Interview Podcast, hosted by Matt McGetrick. Hello, how's it going? You're listening to the Rayform Interview Podcast with me, Matt McGetrick. Each week, I'll be talking to a different person from the music industry, delving into their life and career to date. You'll be hearing the full uncut chat right here, as well as shorter cuts from the interview on my show Rayform every Thursday, 7pm on Shock Radio. In this episode, I caught up with a singer-songwriter from London who has collaborated with the likes of Purple Disco Machine, Ali Farben and Pete Tonk. It is the super-talented Moss Kenner. Now, I actually met Moss uh, over in Ibiza back in the summer. I decided to venture over to the White Isle on my own, but I met him and his really lovely mate Chris uh, on the bush back from Ashwire, and we just got chatting from there, really. So I invited him onto the show to give us a full breakdown of his career highlights to date, and what followed was a deep and extensive chat touching on his experiences touring, uh, his past struggles with drugs and alcohol, the impact of social media, and of course his latest EP, After the Odyssey. And it was really, really nice to chat to Moss again. He's such a lovely and humble guy. Uh, So sit back and enjoy this almost hour-long conversation with the one and only Moss Kenner. You're listening to the Rayform Interview Podcast. So I'm joined now by the one and only Moss Kenner. How's it going, mate? Hello, mate. I'm good. I'm good. I'm really, uh, really glad to be here to chat with you. It's so good to see you. The last time I saw you, well, the first time I met you, actually, uh, we were in Ibiza and obviously yeah. I went on my own solo raving and you and your mate Chris were kind enough to let me join you and we had such a good time <laughs> went to see black coffee at high like good memories yeah. it was mental I had so much respect for you being there on your own and um yeah it was so funny because like I don't know like normally when you meet strangers like in a in a party place like Ibiza or something you don't you never talk to them again but um I don't know. Just when we first got talking to you, I just, I just, I just clicked with you. I just thought, oh, yeah, you've. We had such a good bond over like music and stuff. I thought, no, you're definitely. There's definitely something, um, something special about you. It felt like we were chatting for so long so that we good. we missed our stop on the bus. We went to get off at. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, we ended up at Pasha or something. Um, it was so funny as well, and I don't know. It was just like we instantly just got really deep. You know what I mean? Which is really nice to have like instant deep chats with people. Is like you know, it was great. We weren't even on drugs. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We're just high on life. Um, so yeah, uh, I've obviously I've got you for the next half an hour. I'm going to ask you a bit of questions uh, about your career, kind of uh, your personal journey as well, to kind of where yeah. you are now. Um, but let's start with like kind of the fact that and this blew me away when you told me this you've toured with the likes of Rita Ora, Jess Glynn, Lewis Capaldi uh, yeah. massive arena shows so talk to me about that kind of how did it feel performing to thousands of people in that capacity yeah it was great and you know what like it really like just woke something up inside of me and I got I got the bug for doing it straight away you know because um, I love doing intimate gigs where you can see the whites of everyone's eyes, but there's something really crazy about the energy of that many people. And I can't, I can't even begin to describe you the feeling of hearing thousands of people cheering, you know, for you in that moment, it's like, you know, it's so, it's just amazing, but yeah, I'm really lucky to have done those kind of shows so early on in, in my career and to have those opportunities with those big artists you know and what it actually really did for me was it really opened up my eyes to the world of pop music because I was making sort of very sort of like left R&B music before I did those tours um, and it really just um, 
I don't know, it, it awakened something within me. I, I, I really sort of was like, oh, actually, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to get to. It gave me like a bit more of a goal because I was, something woke up inside of me. I was like, I'm a pop artist. I want to be a pop star. I want to do this. I want to be in the mainstream arena. I want to do all of this. So yeah, it was really a bit of an awakening for me at the same time. It kind of, I always think back to the film Bohemian Rhapsody, where it's obviously... Rami Malik playing Fred, Freddie Mercury and he's getting ready to go on stage at Live Ed and it's like, do you still get like the nerves kind of like where you're backstage pacing, getting ready to go out? Yeah, yeah. And it's the most fantastic buzz. It's like, it's kind of changed for me over the years. And um, now the it's just pure excitement. It's like, it's good nerves, you know? It's it's not nerves that where I'm thinking, oh, I don't know if I can do this. It's nerves of like, I can't wait to do this. Do you know what I mean? that anticipation and and what I really enjoy the most is like how you just have to surrender to it. You know what I mean? You just have to be like, I have absolutely no control over how this show is going to go. And I don't know what's going to happen. And that, that adrenaline is really exciting for me. Yeah. hundred percent. It's like, it's, it's not nerves as such. It's that rush of adrenaline, the butterflies. And it's like, let's channel yeah. this into a, a, a yeah. high energy performance almost it's going into this like different world. It's that it's like this outer body experience of like sheer dopamine. It's like, it's insane. And uh, I also saw, uh, I was following it on your Instagram that you've just come back from Germany doing a, a string of shows there. You're pretty big over there, right? Yeah. It's really crazy. Cause obviously, so I had a couple of big songs in Germany and they really just opened the door for me in that in that territory and I used to be very UK centric but I've kind of um yeah I kind of honestly don't care about the UK uh, music industry right now because the the German market is so massive and there's so much more opportunities for me over there um that it just makes more sense for me to be there and the, and the German people have just really embraced my music and embraced me um in a way that I haven't experienced before. So I'm I'm just really enjoying doing that and enjoying being there. And I really um appreciate their appreciation. So yeah, I've had a string of really good shows over there. Um and I might even potentially move to Berlin next year. That's like on the cards. So you were telling me that you're uh brushing up on your German as well. Yeah, I'm learning German at the moment. I think I've had like, I don't know, eleven lessons, twelve lessons maybe. That's yeah i'm doing all right i did a level french and i kind of i've not really used it since then so i've lost it but it's like kind of when you're immersed in yeah. that culture and you're kind of forced to speak the language that's when it kind of really tests you um obviously would you say it's fair yeah to well say luckily that... i get to go there yeah that's it that's it you get to go yeah. and experience that would, would you say it's fair to say that your success in germany is down to i know you've had like some big collaborations but obviously purple disco machine your song fireworks um kind of would you say that's what opened the door to this new market yeah definitely I, I think to be honest when you're from the UK and if you're part of the UK music industry apart from the US it's almost like you don't really consider that the rest of the world exists in terms of like selling your music or going to you know it's like you, it's so UK centric and so UK focused and we're just a tiny tiny little island do you know what I mean and like we've got really so few radio stations in comparison to Germany um but but with the success of obviously fireworks and forgot how to love with alfarben like 
yeah, that was that really was the start of things because because radio were kind of turning around and being like, okay, well, what's next from from this guy? And like, who is he? And what is he? Is he a dance thing? Is he a pop thing? Like, where where does this guy? We we like him. Like, so what's what's the plan? And I, me and my manager were just like, well, obviously there's there's open doors here. We might as well just you know get into the flow of life and just and see where it takes us. Really. Yeah, hundred percent. I think a lot of UK artists are very much like they want to focus on the UK, or if not that kind of English-speaking countries, if they don't speak a language yeah. themselves. But I think people forget that music is so universal that like there are so many other countries out there that like will listen yeah. to English English-speaking artists, French-speaking yeah. artists. That yeah, like you've got to kind of go where where the fans are, I suppose. Um, but exactly. yeah, coming back to the fireworks, talk to me about the the creative process behind it, kind of like writing the song because it's such a catchy song like i find myself loving <laughs> it and stuff like how how kind of was that creative process and working with purple disco machine it was well i mean honestly it's been like a life-changing experience obviously because you know it's kind of it took me to a whole new level um but in terms of the creative side of it i think they had had that beat for uh about six years is what they told me and they hadn't found the right top line but they've managed to get the chorus the hook with the kids choir that's what the knocks created um and so when it got sent to me it was just that um kids choir if you're ever feeling like that part um and so i had to kind of write the song around that um and it was such a weird time because it was like at the start of the pandemic so i had literally nothing going on um and I didn't even know if I was going to be an artist really anymore because like I, I was in a deal with another record label and they basically uh, at the start of the pandemic just like got rid of everyone that wasn't making the money. So like they just kept all the big artists, the high earners and just got rid of everyone else. So I was I was kind of in a position where I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to continue doing this because obviously I, the music industry was so uncertain. So I was just open to doing anything and everything. So I just said yes to writing uh, for Purple Disco Machine, who actually I didn't know who he was at the time because I think it was before his big hit, uh, Hypnotize. Um, so, yeah, so I just wrote that song with my friend Paul Harris, who's another, he's like a massive um, dance writer. Like he's so, so talented at writing dance music. He has so much success. Um, and honestly, we wrote it in about 20 minutes, I think. Like the whole, just start to finish we were really just in the flow like it was so came so naturally and it felt so right and we didn't overthink it at all when you break it down especially the lyrics and everything it's so simple but uh it just felt right it felt like it didn't need to be overcomplicated, and i think that's what really made it work in the end um but yeah i had so much fun doing it and then um they said to me oh yeah uh, purple disco machine wants it to be one of the lead singles for his album and i was like okay cool and I had no expectations at all, literally none. I had, I just, I didn't even expect to, to hear about it ever again. And then he also asked me to stay on the song as the vocalist. So that was great. And then, yeah, within a few months, it just, just went bang. It started in Italy and it was, yeah, it just went straight to number one. And then it started spilling out into the other countries and Germany and all that. And it was just like, it was just insane. I had, I, and because I wasn't there and it was a pandemic and I couldn't travel, I didn't really experience it as like a hit. Like I didn't, I wasn't walking around hearing it everywhere. You know, like I was in England, like in the middle of nowhere, like just seeing these numbers on Spotify, just going, you know, 
and so it was, it was just this really weird experience of like well like, I've got this massive song but it doesn't feel like it you know I'm just seeing numbers on a screen I'm not actually seeing the people react to it you know but yeah yeah, it is crazy. It's like some artists will like pour their heart and soul into a song for it to kind of not do as well as they hoped. But then a song that you kind of just think, yeah, it's a bit of fun. When it takes yeah. off, like, is that the most surprising when it's like a song that you don't actually like, you th- oh, I wrote it in 20 minutes, like it's not going to do that well or whatever. Yeah. And, and for me, like sometimes when songs happen that fast, it's because you're completely in the flow and you're not getting in your own way and you're not overthinking it. And they always end up being the best ones, the ones that feel the most easy, the most natural. It's just, you you just tap into this like flow state and it, it, it took no conscious effort from me. Do you know what I mean? And like, I've heard so many songwriters talk about this like flow state and you, you feel like you're just channeling something because you're not actually thinking about it. You just, it's like the words are just falling into your mind. Um, and I experienced that writing this song. Um, so yeah, it's it's really interesting. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that kind of your songwriting process. Like, do you? Because uh, some people will, like get ideas like in a dream or whatever, and they'll wake up and write it. Like, or do you yeah. just kind of when you're out and about, if you think of like a a cool lyric, will you write it in your notes? Like, how does that kind of come about? Yeah, I I always. I get inspiration at the weirdest times, usually driving actually. And I think that's because I've got like one pointed attention where I'm not really, I'm only focusing on doing one thing and my mind's not busy. So I feel like that's when the ideas can sort of try and get, get to me. Um, so yeah, as soon as I get any ideas, I just write them down. Um, I kind of find it sometimes easier to get inspiration when I'm not like sat in a session going like, right, I'm going to write a song. You know what I mean? I feel like a lot easier when I'm just in like a, when I'm just distracted by other, other, other things. And um, I don't know, somehow when it's, it's just easier to get into the flow when, when I'm doing something repetitive, like driving or exercising as well, like running or something like that is when it's like easier for the ideas to come in. But I don't really have a strict process or blueprint of how I start, whether I start with the music or with the lyrics or, you know, sometimes I'll come to a session with, oh, I've had this really, good title or i had these lyrics or um and other times i'll be just completely like whatever i'm open to i want to be inspired by the music you know yeah i suppose it's kind of like when you're not paying as much conscious attention in activities like kind of driving or like that's when your mind begins to wander and you kind of get yeah. these ideas uh also i know you i know you briefly touched on it um but i was just going to ask about kind of how you found it during the pandemic as a creative um did yeah. you find that time like useful kind of that you time kind of stood still and you could focus on songwriting and stuff did you did you do that yeah I mean like in terms of like the business side of it it was very uncertain I was kind of like okay right economically I don't know what the f I'm gonna do um because it just felt like the rug had been pulled out from under everyone it was like okay there's no live we, we are we even going to be releasing music because there's no point because we're not going to be able to go out and perform it. And like, it's, you kind of need everything. You need your live aspects, you need the records and you need the kind of the marketing and all to work together. Um, but in terms of the creative time, it was, it was, a, it was just great to have that much time to, to just focus on living life and not focus on working. Um and so I did find it a really creative time and it was more than anything, it was a really good time to just sort of take stock of exactly where I was 
and and where I wanted to creatively go. Did I want to make the same type of music? You know, at that at that time, I was writing a lot of dance music. Interestingly, because we couldn't go anywhere and dance, but um, yeah, I was kind of got started to go through the pandemic was the start of this really rapid musical evolution and my sort of journey into pop music. So I think it must have had a helping hand um, in me deciding to evolve creatively, probably because I had the time to think about it. Well, it's like you said that like you nearly kind of gave up when the, when the label kind of sacked off a load of the artists, like, is that, is yeah. that, a, it's all a mental battle as well. Kind of like, cause um, like, do you ever get impo- like imposter syndrome where it's like, I don't, I've, I don't, you know, I'm not good enough. Or, I mean, or maybe not so much now, but yeah. like in the past, was that like a thing for you? Yeah, definitely. I think if you put, if you put all of your um, self-worth into having a record deal, you're going to get disappointed again and again and again um you know I think previously yeah just a lot of my a lot of my self-worth was wrapped up in what I did and how big I was how much money I could make and like all of that stuff and if you're chasing it for that um you leave a lot of room to get hurt you know because it's a business and business isn't always like plain sailing it's up and down peaks and troughs um so yeah it's kind of like if you're gonna live in your ego you're just gonna keep getting battered and it's and um now I think I've got to a point where I'm making music for a very for very different reasons it's not as like selfish of like oh I want to be famous you know what I mean and like this is what I do you know I'm good at this and I'm and I really I want adoration I want like I don't I don't really care about that anymore I'm I'm making music because that is my purpose and that is what I have been gifted with and my um my intention around it all is now more about what I can give to other people and how I can connect with other people the people that listen rather than like what I can get it's more about what I can give um so yeah uh it it was very it was a very strange time um but it was a great opportunity for like spiritual growth because <laughs> i had no other option you know go, go on loads of walks do a zoom quiz or whatever all of that stuff yeah exactly um and yeah i suppose it's kind of like coming back to that like in the music industry like you gotta have thick skin like the amount of rejection like you know you can't really mm. take it personally i suppose um yeah but yeah like i was and it's also another thing where i suppose music's meant to be a personal expression of like yourself so mm. you get a lot of artists that think oh this trend is quite popular i'm gonna hop on that or like i'm gonna make tunes that they i think people want me to make or i'm gonna copy kind of what this artist is doing but then that yeah kind of, for me that removes the whole kind of creative aspect of like it's not it's not genuine it's not kind of like from the heart whereas like i know with your music like i've i've listened to a couple of, like um open water as well which i'll talk about that in a sec like that is like yeah. it sounds like it comes from the heart and it's you can definitely notice that in a song so yeah i think um i think it's really easy to see when things are authentic and when things are inauthentic um but for me like when i'm making a certain type of music because i think it's popular then then i'm then i'm working a job in the music industry if you know what I mean then I'm doing like this commercial enterprise thing which is like great but but that will actually happen if I give people something authentic do you know what I mean like you will make money and you will be the thing if 
if you if you deliver something like of real value and that only comes from like serious deep self-exploration and um the best thing you can do is be vulnerable because it invites other people to be vulnerable as well you know you give other people permission to feel their feelings with you and i think that's the kind of music that people really latch on to because it's about um it's a it's an energetic thing it's about it does something to them inside um and it makes them think about life in a different way and really i think i heard lady gaga once say about like the most important thing as an artist that you can offer is just your is your perspective it's like how you see the world is your unique thing you know because loads of people can sing many people could sing the same songs but what what really what really is your uniqueness is like your fingerprint is like how you've seen the world and inviting people to see the world that way with you and people will go oh that's exactly what i think oh i felt that way or they apply it to their own lives and that's the magic of songwriting because you could write something really simple and on paper you could be like oh this is this isn't very like intellectual and poetic and blah 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 but it's it's how those words in that order relate to that person and how they then um apply that story into to their own experience you know yeah 100% it's like kind of the relatability as well that um yeah it's it's kind of like what i find with fred again stuff as well that it's like um obviously like recorded like voice notes kind of everyday stuff yeah and the emotion that he puts into it and i think that's why obviously he's like huge now in the past like in the past 12 months it's it's ridiculous yeah. how fast his rise has been um but i think that's kind of like a good example of yeah the the kind of um putting your experience of life into music and people go oh that's so cool like that's his yeah you have to it has to be honest it has to be honest because and if it's not directly your story it has to be something that you can relate to yourself you know if, I, I would definitely i'd never say no to sort of like taking outside songs and songs that other people have written if i really really like it and i connect to it and i can apply it to my life you know it has to feel like an honest connection whether you wrote it or not and actually talking about fred again I was hanging out with this girl called Isla the other day and she did a song with Purple Disco Machine and that's how we met. And she is the girl singing all those voice notes in his songs. I think one of there's one of his songs called Isla, like he's named it like after yeah. her. That's so yeah, cool. I, I was like, I was so like, I was like, oh my God, that's you. Like I, I didn't know like, anything about it. Just, I feel like yeah, you've made like, it. Yeah, I feel like you've yeah. made it when was, you've got like, a song I've seen named. Behind the Veil. Yeah. <laughs> also kind of like like coming back to your kind of like personal growth and journey um obviously we spoke about like your experience in the pandemic another thing that i realized like when we met in ib for is that you don't drink and like you know yeah. i know plenty of people that are sober and it's like i mean you save money first of all um yeah kind of talk to me about how that came about and your uh your kind of journey with sobriety and how it's kind of changed you yeah i mean I'm so glad you met me sober because you would definitely not have liked me when I was drinking. I was such an idiot. Um, but, you know, for, for me, like I, I've, I've known probably since the well, when I started drinking, when I was about 14, that I was an alcoholic, you know, deep down the way I, because it just did something for me. It was like the first time I had a drink was like, I, I felt like I got like the answers to life. I felt like I was living, I felt like everyone else had like this rule book or like, or like all the answers of like how you're supposed to live life and be happy. And I, and I just didn't have it. And then when I, when I started drinking, it just did something inside of me. And I was just like, I want to stay like this all the time. Like I, I get it. I get why though you see them men in the pub at like 10 30 
and they go in there with a paper and they don't leave all day and they just drink because I was like I, I understand that because like it makes me feel so good and like all the little anxieties and all the things that I carried throughout, you know, all the little things that happened to you in life, all my little horrible experiences and traumas and blah, blah, all of that just like melted away, just like completely melted away when I, when I, when I started drinking and I felt like I, I could be funny. I could be confident. I fit in like, it's a bit of a cliche really, you know, it's, it's not like a unique story. And I feel like a lot of people do feel those things when they start drinking and that's the reason why most people drink. They feel relaxed. They feel like they fit in, you know, all that kind of stuff. They feel like they, to, to have fun, they need to drink. But for me, the difference was once I started, I I lost the ability to stop. So I would always, if I, as soon as I had one drink and I start to feel the effects of alcohol, I just wanted more and more and more and more and more. And I, and I couldn't stop. And it started off at like, you know, weekends like normal. And then those weekends just got longer before for it was like every day that ended in a Y eventually towards the end. And it's not like, it shows up differently in everyone. It's sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, but it's a progressive illness and it always ends up me on my own drunk somewhere, you know? Um, so that was just basically what my, what my drinking was like. And then I found drugs when I was about 18 and I was like, boom, this is like, it just, you know, it just kind of like, it was a bit of a match to a petrol type situation um, and it got me, you know, to my knees pretty quickly. Um, but I got sober about three and a half years ago and, um, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. My career instantly took off as like, as soon as, as soon as I got sober, I wrote fireworks and it was like, boom, like everything just happened. And more than anything, it's, it was just about me getting out of my own way. I was just holding myself back and like, you just it's like I hate being like such a just say no person do you know what I mean like it's such a cringe but like honestly there is no upside in my opinion to drinking and taking drugs like it's really great in the moment and like if you can do things like that recreationally with no harm done then like totally power to you that's like what it do do you like but for me all of the really successful people I know don't don't take drugs and drink you know and live really long fulfilling lives you know um but yeah it's been yeah. A, it's been a ride i'm so glad that i'm you know able to show up and be present and like take in all of these incredible moments that happen to me now you know yeah i mean that that level of self-control is pretty commendable like i mean it's kind of like with any addiction it's like always the start of it where it's kind of the the hardest i suppose and then you kind of just forget about it and it's like oh I can't believe I used to kind of like crave this or whatever. So as you said, three and a half yeah. years ago, was that before lockdown you stopped drinking? I stopped drinking in 2020. So it was like, it was like during lockdown one, lockdown right. series one. <laughs> was was there something that kind of um, like flipped a switch or you kind of said like, right, come on, Moss, like what that made yeah. you kind of stop? It's so funny because like in recovery, we talk about like having a rock bottom and like that last drink. And like for me, I'd had so many of those like moments where you think surely this is the worst it's going to be. And like, I'm going to change after this. And like, it never really came. And so like my last, my last drink was not the worst thing that had ever happened. I think I just had enough. And like, when you're an addict, like nobody can make you get sober. I, you know, 
people people who have kids people who go to prison people who kill people by accident sometimes still can't give up you know you have to like you have to know you're done you have to just i don't know why but but sometimes you just get the, the gift of desperation and you just you've had enough sometimes you've just had enough and i just had enough for no particular reason i mean my fiance she basically turned around to me um she was doing her dissertation her final dissertation and um i basically spilled a drink on her laptop and she hadn't saved her work and the laptop just died and i was drunk obviously and she just the next day she just turned around to me and was just like do you know what like uh, you're 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 about to ruin my life and like if you're gonna keep drinking like this i'm, I'm just i'm out and i think that was in like she'd said that so many times and I'd always like manipulate her around and for some reason like it kind of coincided with her starting therapy and I think she just had this boundary with me that she'd never had before and she was just like you're not gonna mess up my life you know you can mess up your own life somewhere else and like that was just the kind of kick up the bum that I needed to be like I think it was just a perfect perfect timing you know I'd, I'd had enough and she'd had enough and it was just like right this has got this has got to stop yeah, no, that's fair enough. I bet, I bet that's like the best decision you ever made. To oh to yeah, hundred percent. It's like, I'm like, my life is unrecognizable. Nothing about my life is the same. Like in a really good way, you know. It's just, oh, I'm just excited for every single day now. Do you know what I mean? Like I wake up so happy, and don't get me wrong, life still happens. Do you know what I mean? It's always going to be up and down, but like, ah, oh, just life now is just such a gift, and like I can see it. You know what I mean? And that's why, like, I love meeting people like you and forming, like, deep connections and having these conversations and being vulnerable. And, like, that that's what life is about. That's what life is about. Let's help each other. Let's, you know, I'll come on and do an interview with you. Or I'll just, I just, you know, when I, I see someone like you who's a real go-getter and, like, you, I can see that you really are trying to get the most out of life. Like, it's so infectious. And I just want to, like, I'm like, yes, love that guy. I want to be <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so... um yeah i'm I'm just lucky to be here to be honest i can tell and like that was one of the first things that struck me when i met you i was like wow this guy is like so approachable so friendly and like we i think we met five minutes ago and on the bus we were chatting non-stop for ages yeah and um yeah no that, that is that's, in life yeah that's it like you know and i'd be for i suppose like because i've been to raves on my own and like um like not drank and stuff and I'm kind of at a point now where like I don't have to drink to have a good time and I think that's a lot I, yeah. I know people that are like oh I, I can't enjoy dance music or a night out if I'm if I'm sober or if I have to for it to be a successful night out I have to get with someone or and it's like yeah what like that is not so interesting isn't it what are, what are we all running from yeah. what, are, what is so scary <laughs> about being ourselves that we have to get intoxicated or or get some kind of chemical into our system to to like feel connected to everyone around us like isn't that so fucking interesting that really does blow my mind i suppose i don't I, this is this is a heated debate on social media i don't really want to get into it but i suppose as an artist there's two ways to look of it um kind of like people filming like having phones in like the crowd do you think that takes away from the experience like because i suppose it's like yeah it's it's a difficult one I've started like as a concert goer, I've started being like, I'm going to film for like one minute of like my favorite song or when they walk past. Do you know what it is? It's more like, say, for instance, I went to see Beyonce and I was like, 
she I was so close to her at some points when she was walking past and, and I was filming it and I just thought why am I why can't I just make eye contact with her and remember this moment when we were this close together and we were sharing this moment do you know what I mean why why do I have to record it the only reason I'm recording it is because I want other people to see that I was there and I was that close to her like it's about status and clout and like that's what I'm gonna put online and like that's not real like who cares what other people think of you? There's an element like, of real is that moment between you and the artist, you mm. know. There's an element of kind of gratification and the kind of because on social media, obviously, people forget it's the highlights of people's life. Like mm. if if mm. if you come and you've got a, if you come home, you've got a flat tire, your house has been broken into. Whatever, you're not going to post that. I mean, you might post yeah, it exactly. to your mates, or whatever. But it's like people only share the best bits. So looking at someone's life on Instagram, you think this is their life. It's brilliant. And you kind of forget. Yeah. No one's life is hundred percent perfect no, all the time. Nobody's life is like that. Like I, I try my best to have a, have a good balance online of like the real stuff and like, you know, the highlight reel. Cause you kind of need both at the end of the day, like I'm selling this product, which is myself, which needs to look like something people want to buy, you know, however, I'm still a human being. Do you know what I mean? And like, well, sometimes what I started doing is if I do like a carousel of really posy, like polished looking pictures, like at the end of it, I'll put like a picture of me like with a double chin being like, this is the real me. Do you know what I mean? Like it's all fun and games looking pretty, but like the real me is not like yeah, that. Yeah, that's funny. And like, um, so yeah, like coming back to the phone thing, um, as being in the crowd and I know like it's also, because like, I found it in Ibiza. I saw Eric Prids at High on the Monday. And yeah. I met this other dude who was traveling on his own. He's called Cam. He's great. He's from Australia. He was also traveling. Hi, on his Cam. Own, so. <laughs> yeah, he's he's actually doing a mix on my show, so he's uh, I've Amazing. already got him involved. And he was so sound, and we were just proper going for it. And it's like people were so engrossed with the visuals and the music that it's like they forgot to dance. And it's like you yeah. paid eighty quid, and you're not gonna have the time of your life and go for it. Like this is yeah. a, a certain a finite amount of time that you need to make the most of. Um, but as a as an artist, there's the flip side where you want people to see videos of you on social media and think, oh, he looks great. I want to come and watch him. So it is a kind yeah. of balancing act. Yeah, almost. exactly. Exactly. But I think like the most important thing for me is is the human connection. And like what I've noticed is like, you know, obviously I have like a content schedule and my social media girl will be like to me, um, you know, you need to make this TikTok, this TikTok this post you need to do this trend blah 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 and like around a show like I won't do any of it because I'm so like I don't care <laughs> it's the last thing on my mind the most important thing that's on my mind is me trying to connect with these people on the deepest level I can and as quickly as possible and so like I'm not thinking about making a TikTok or like doing it's, it's about that real connection and I suppose when they've got a phone between their face and mine I can't connect with them you know it's already disorientating enough because i have these in-ear monitors in where i actually physically can't hear anything of the outside world so like sometimes i'll just take them out just to hear if they're cheering or if they're singing or do you know what i mean because i just i can't feel connected to them i want to hear them as well as see them you know what's the feeling because i've i've had it described before yeah. where you've written a song and there's a crowd of people singing it back to you. Can you put that into yeah. words, that feeling, or describe? I just like... cry. I just cry. every time it happens. I just cry. Like I can't help it because, like, 
I still feel like a lottery winner. Do you know what I mean? Like, I still feel like I've won a competition to be here. And so like every time it's like something, what, Matt, honestly, something that existed in my head was thought, energy in my brain that I then made physical in sound waves and spread out. And then it's hit these other strangers, these thousands and thousands Mm. of strangers. And they now have that thought that was in my head, in their head. And there's, it's like, it's so crazy. That exchange of energy is so crazy and so emotional that like something that was just a thought in my head is now Mm. this big physical thing, you know? Yeah. I, I also love how openly emotional you are and kind of, like not afraid to kind of show vulnerabilities and talk about your sober journey yeah. and all this, because I mean, like from a fan perspective as well, they want to, they want to know the real you. And I bet there's like mm-hmm. fans that you haven't met that feel like they know you and like they're, they're, it's almost like you're a friend to them. And I suppose the more relatable and the more kind of uh, human you can appear to your fans, the better the connection is going to be, which is what you want, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, 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 I just, I want to let them in and I want to connect with them. And you can only really connect with people if you're vulnerable and if they're also vulnerable and they meet you there, you know, it has to be the, the perfect balance of you both being on the same, on the same vibration, on the same level of vulnerability. Um, and, and I'm, I'm happy to open myself up like that, you know, because as much as you're opening yourself up to love, you're opening yourself up to criticism and it's whether it's what, what you choose to let in what you choose to pay attention to and you know i can't be anything other than myself like i've tried <laughs> you know what i mean it's never worked it's like i've tried to be this thing that thing blah 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 you know if if I, if you live your life from a place of like oh if i could just be like this they'll like me or if i could just be like that the the people that i want to like me like i couldn't give it i don't care about those people you know, mm. the people that I want to like me are the people that are being the same, the people that are being themselves. They're the people that really matter to me. If people don't like me, then whatever. Like, I just, I I don't want your attention, you know? Moss, you've collaborated with some pretty big names in music. Um, and one of those people, which you told me you worked on, uh, who you didn't actually meet until this year was Pete Tong. So yeah. tell me about that. You met him at Ushuaia, right? How how did that come? Yeah, about? when we were in I when we were in Ibiza, me and you, I um I met Pete for the first time, and we'd done a song together. I was on his album in 2019, I think it was. Um, so yeah, I collaborated with him for uh, his 2019 album, uh, where we did sort of like remakes of classic dance songs. Um, and the song I did was "Show Me Love" by Robin S, which is like the most iconic dance yeah. song. I think um, I think that's probably the biggest selling dance record of all time maybe in the UK I don't know um, but yeah that was very special for me to do that as well like also with my my mum owned record shops and my uh, dad was a DJ so like to do dance records with Pete Tong is like really a, a big deal to me because that's kind of what I grew up around Um so yeah, very lucky. But yeah, it was one of those things where where we just we didn't meet. Um, I recorded it separately to to where the production was happening. I think so. Um, yeah, so our paths never crossed. It was really strange, really strange to meet him. And we had a mutual friend in Ibiza. Um, he was, um, I think, were you? I don't know. Did you meet him as well at the same time in Ushuaia? Was that no? Uh, I did. There. I did speak to Pete, but I 
I can't remember if you were there. I, I mean, I, I didn't actually meet you till afterwards when we were getting the yeah, bus. I was, yeah, maybe I was on my own for the whole of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was with Calvin Harris when I met him as well. So it's like a double like starstruck moment. Oh, I did I see like, Calvin, but I, I was too scared to go to him because yeah. I was like, he must get it all the time. <laughs> Yeah. I managed to bully this um lovely lady that I know who knows both of them to to get them to come over. <laughs> I was like, please can you tell Pete that I want to speak to him, please? <laughs> um, but yeah, luckily we made it happen. Did you find that there was a lot of pressure? Because obviously iconic song. Like, could you feel the pressure that like, oh, I'm gonna have to do a good job of this? Like, I've got to do yeah, the I song was, justice. Honestly, I was terrified because like she's got such a big voice. Um, that I was just like, oh. I, it can't sound rubbish do you know what I mean like it just has I, it's just such a, it's one of those things it, almost one of those songs where I'm like this should never be covered you know it's just such an iconic vocal so I felt like a bit of a fraud doing it but um, yeah I don't know I feel like the production was really good and, and it worked out really nice in the end but yeah yeah I love all the Pete stuff I, was, I saw him live with the big orchestra last year took my dad because he loves him and wow. um, there is just something else hearing music played with a massive orchestra that like he played one, which is his um, um, like version of "Time" by Hans Zimmer from Inception, mm. which is a, a pretty emotional song in itself with all the strings. And he they played that and like just kind of being blasted by this like wave of emotion. And like I genuinely started to cry. I was like, "This is such an unbelievable experience!" Like hearing music in this form. Um, so yeah, the fact that you got to collaborate on that album was brilliant. I think like wasn't Wiley on it as well. There was like some other yeah, big names. there was some crazy actually good names on there. Um, there's another amazing singer called Sinead Harnett. She was on there. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, but I love the way I love hearing the way you talk about music because like that it's just so good to like connect with someone who feels music the way I feel music. You know what I mean? Of like it's like I can't describe it. Like I'm a very spiritual person. I'm not religious, but I'm very spiritual and like that. That that feeling that you're describing is what I would call that is God to me. Do you know what I mean? Like that 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 is just the purest connection to the to the world that you can have. It's that feeling when you're listening to music and you're like, oh, like you can't even describe it. You know? Yeah, it's and it's yeah, it's as you say, like kind of people like big music enthusiasts. I think some like maybe some people don't understand it till a certain point in their life, but it's like it's like a soul thing where. Yeah, like you, it, it's like you feel it inside of you, and it evokes uh, emotions like certain songs. And there's certain songs that, like, I'll say, "Yeah, I want this played at my funeral," and then I go, "Actually, yeah. no, I don't," because I want to be there to listen <laughs> to it. So what about that? Yeah, but... isn't it magic? Like, isn't it magic that 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 it can just do this thing inside you? Like, just the way that it just oh, oh mate, I could talk about it all day. I love it. Like you know just how, how it blends with your energy and just and how it can change it can control your energy and make you feel a certain way and you evoke memories and all that kind of I just love it I love well, it at least you know you're in the right industry and you don't have to read yeah, exactly. as an accountant <laughs> yeah exactly I'm definitely in the right job definitely yeah and you're smashing it as well obviously you dropped a new EP start this month yes. as well in early in September uh after the Odyssey um yeah such a cool name as well kind of talk to me kind of about that uh yeah. collection of songs and the inspiration behind that well conceptually like for me like you know calling it an odyssey is like you know it means a journey and i feel like i've been on up until this point i've been on such an insane journey within music and like just the ups and downs have been insane you know personally 
my life between I'd say 2018 when I started releasing music till present like just this it's just been the wildest ride and there's just there's just nothing about my life that's the same now so I really wanted to like take people on the on a musical without sounding too uh cringy like on a musical journey of like where I started to where I am so the EP sort of still has a little bit of this taste of like this R&B solely influence that I kind of started out with and takes you right up to songs like Light It Up and Open Water, which are so poppy. Um, and I kind of wanted to kind of symbolise and somehow represent and show that that evolution and that that journey that I've been on musically. And then with the lyrics telling the, the, the story of like what I've been through personally and showing the journey of that. So um, I think from start to finish, especially with the track listing, it, it really is is the journey, is like showing that journey from start to finish or from start to present, you know? 100%. And also like kind of knowing you and what you like, it's like you can tell that it's like there's a lot of thought behind it, that it's not just like track waxing any order, that it is kind of a, as you say, a journey yeah. after the Odyssey. Um, Open Water as well, obviously that came out uh, in July. You were telling me about the the process of filming the music video for that. You had a lot yeah. of people in scuba gear. Like, I bet that was pretty surreal. Yeah, it was really crazy. Like some of it, like the water shots, like it was a bit, it was a bit sketchy. They had like so we used like this like um like life raft to like get out far enough in the water. Like we didn't even have a boat. We we're in this life raft. And I just got into the water and we were doing all this underwater filming and stuff. And I had to hold my breath for like crazy amounts of time. And like, yeah, it was great. But I, I filmed it just outside Istanbul. So it was beautiful weather. And I was so lucky to like be able to do it like, you know, on this beach. And like, it was a dream come true. But like this whole EP and like, I'd say my my music uh, from maybe like Light It Up onwards has been the most incredible time for me creatively. Like I really feel like now more than ever, I know exactly who I am as a person, as an artist. I know what I want to say. I know what I want it to sound like. I know what I want, what I want it to look like. And like, that's such a powerful place to be creatively because I feel like I'm in, I'm, I'm steering the ship with it, you know? And, and when you start out in music, you, well, my experience was, I was just kind of like, Oh, just tell me what to be. And I'll be it. Like I, this is what I like and this is my setup. I just, I, I didn't know myself. I didn't know myself. And now I've had these life experiences, getting sober, all of this kind of thing. I know myself. I know what I'm, where I'm going. I know what I want to do. And um, so I feel like this EP is just like a perfect representation of like how it, how it started versus how it's going, you know? So yeah, it's been amazing. I just feel the whole thing has just been so good. Yeah, no, that's, it's really cool. Yeah, and like, obviously, um kind of looking forwards um is there anything on in the pipeline to come can we expect any more new music uh before the end of the year or anything you can yeah, actually definitely. say I, I just want to keep i want to be prolific like i just want to keep putting music out do you know what i mean and like there probably will be another body of work whether that's an ep or an album you know maybe i'll do another ep and then drop an album in 25 i don't know but I just, I just want to keep the momentum going. Like my live shows have been so good and I've been on such a winner with that, that I think next year I just want to do as much live as possible, coupled with releasing as much as possible and just really see how far we can take this. And um, yeah, it feels really exciting at the moment. 
it just feels like um you know i'm just letting everything that's supposed to happen happen yeah that's it like sometimes it's kind of like it's, it's i think for a lot of people it's like you, you're always pressured like at school or at uni or whatever it's like yeah. have a career path make sure you know where you want to be how you're going to get there do this and it's like in reality life is not like that like you cannot predict who you're going to meet you cannot predict what's going to happen and it's like i think you are like living proof of like if you're good at what you do and you're nice to people and you just let it happen you will you will make it and like that's that's what i really admire that it's uh, like you know so. you're not you're Thank not climbing you. over people to 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 get to where you want to go it's like if it happens it happens and you're just enjoying life along the way do you know what there's enough room for everyone in this world and we we shouldn't approach things from like a from like a scarcity point of view like like there's if these people have money that means i don't have the money or like there's everyone it's not a competition do you know what i mean we're not in competition with each other we're all on our own journeys and we've all got our own unique thing that we that we can put out into the world but i think the most important thing anyone can do whether you want a career in music or you want a career just be happy do what makes you happy if you you need to find what makes you feel good and do that and be the best you can be in that field and um but but authentically you have to just be yourself you know that's all i that's all i try and do is just like i do things that make me feel good for as long as they make me feel good and when they stop making me feel good I don't do them or I change it up and there's this extreme pressure to know exactly what you're supposed to be doing in life and the truth is I I think you just have to try everything until you find that thing that you go without food or sleep for do you know what I mean and then just do that you know the amount of times people told me that doing what I'm doing now is a terrible idea and that I need to get GCSEs and and and, and have a backup plan and and like, you know what? Like, it, I don't know where this is going, but that's the exciting part. All you have to do is have an intention and have a goal and then completely detach from the outcome and how you're going to get there. Because that's none of our business. We're not in control of that. Just do the next right thing. And the, the thing that feels natural to do, always take action. That's the stuff you can do. But ultimately, just have a just have a have the end in mind and just keep going in that direction. But just always, always put your happiness first. 100%. I think that's the most important thing that like people kind of um, prioritize other stuff rather than their own well-being. And it's, um, yeah. And it's, What's the point? yeah. Cause like you only we got... don't know how long we've got on this earth. We don't know how long we're going to be here for. Do you know what the I big... mean? There's only one certain thing yeah. that is we're going to die. So that's like it. the big questions with Moss Kenner. <laughs> exactly. Connections with people. Enjoy yourself. That's it. Yeah, and I mean, you've given a lot of great advice um, throughout this conversation, but I just wanted to ask if you could give, uh, it's a bit of a cliche thing to ask, but I think it's important to be kind of reflective of it. If you could give mm. one piece of advice to like 18-year-old Moss, yeah, what would it be? Such a good question. There's so much I want to say to him. I think I would say... You don't have to pick just one, just as... as whatever you would say i think the most important thing is to to uh surrender in so many different ways what i mean by that is let go of your attachment to the outcome like that that's that for me is a massive thing of like stop trying to engineer things to be the way you want them to be because if something isn't the way you would like it to be you're just going to feel disappointed why don't you just radically accept reality of how it is do you know what i mean and and understand that like 
life is happening whether you like it or not and if you go with it you will always always surely end up exactly where you're supposed to be for your greatest and highest good do you know what i mean like if i get out of my own way and i just flow with life and stop trying to fix my likes and dislikes to it i i'm going to end up um in the place of of most happiness do you know what i mean you just have to just go with life stop trying to make it how you want it to be that doesn't mean that you can't have a goal or an intention you know because my intention is to be really successful in music so i'm just going to keep going in that direction and keep flowing with life that might be that might be that life takes me to live in germany or that might be that you know what i mean you don't know the details mm. of it just go in that direction you know but i would say the biggest thing is i would say to my 18 year old self just surrender go with it stop trying to engineer it yourself that's that's a good piece of advice i think also um people's perceptions of successful are different so it's like successful mm. doesn't mean you're the number one artist on spotify you're selling like millions of records you know um it could be like yeah happiness within yourself and just kind of content i think it's very much like people think oh, i have to be the best i have to be better than everyone else but it's like yeah i mean I've not got there yet, and I don't think a lot. I don't think many people probably have or realised yet. But you, can't, I, I imagine you get to a point where it's like, yeah, I'm pretty content with life. Like this is, I'm, I'm happy. Like this is kind of where I want to be. And like, if I mean, obviously, you can always kind of strive to be better, I suppose. And you're always told that from a young age. But I think it's yeah. very important to recognise, you know, actually, I don't need to do this or do that or do that to, like, yeah. you know. I'm happy where I am, I think is, is yeah. quite a, yeah. Well, exactly. We have to, exactly here in this present moment is is where I want to be, is where I want to be happy being as well. Do you know what I mean? But when you really deep it, we're spinning around on a tiny rock in infinite space. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck does it matter anyway? I don't know if we can swear in this interview, but do you know oh, what I'm sorry. saying? <laughs> like, what does it matter anyway? Like, just be happy. Yeah. Just be happy. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Do what makes you happy. That that's that's all that's my that's my motto yeah. these days. Don't waste time. Don't waste time doing things that don't make you feel good. Live, laugh, love. You know? <laughs> Doesn't mean take drugs. <laughs> no. I mean, yeah, it's it, like, it is yeah, there's short term happiness and there's the you long term happiness. You feel good. Yeah. 100%. And the things that make you feel good, what you're passionate about, that's life like showing you the way. Go this way, go this way. You know, go the path of least resistance always. Yeah, my God. Oprah, where are you? <laughs> I'll tell you what, this thank has been a, roll, a roller coaster of a conversation. And um, thank you so much for agreeing to do it. Um, it's been so nice to chat to you again after it feels like ages since we were uh, there. I, I don't know why. Like, I know. It's, but yeah, hopefully, I mean, if you're next in IB for let me know because it'd be great to catch up. Yeah, or, let's do um, it. Even if I'm like in London or whatever or. Our paths cross again. It'd be great to, yeah. great to catch well, up. But... We'll have to we'll have to go to a purple disco machine show together. Yes. I've still I've still never seen him live. And it's like I I feel like I need to because it's just like uplifting, like positive, like dance vibes. Yeah. And that's kind so of like... good. So good. I love it. I love his shows. He's also um, got yeah. yeah, he's also got the best mustache in dance music, I think it's oh. fair to say. Best mustache in dance music. I want to know sure. what he puts on it. <laughs> anyway maybe it's uh, not real maybe he takes it off i don't know <laughs> maybe it's yeah maybe it's a character it's like fat yeah. boy slim once the shoes are off once the mustache would you is really on. recognize him without the mustache though 
without the moustache, he just becomes or the purple jacket. Guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, true master and Moss again. I'm so in awe of just being able to chat to you and kind of hear all your life experiences and um, your career today is really inspiring. And I hope that the listeners are also going to feel that and feel like they've t- they've taken something um, with them today. So yeah. Uh, well, I hope so. It's been such a it's been such a pleasure talking to you. What a joy! Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me as well. I really appreciate it, Matt. It's been really great to speak to you. No worries, and you, Moscow, everybody. <laughs>